Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special program of AM 1260, The Rock, Cleveland Catholic Radio. Uh, this special Wisdom from the Rock program is about a special prayer service that is going to be held for the greater Cleveland Catholic community exactly on the two-year anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And that is going to be on uh, 24th of February, Saturday evening in downtown Cleveland. We'll give you more details. Uh, I'm Dick Russ. Our producer of the program is Dan Dealey. But most importantly are the three guests, uh, Ukrainian gentlemen uh, from various churches around the uh, uh, greater Cleveland and Parma area who are here to talk about the prayer service, the situation in Ukraine, the power of prayer, how we can be involved, how we should think of things, and two years later what the situation is in Ukraine. To my right is uh, the uh, pastor and rector of the uh, Cathedral Parish of St. Josaphat in the uh, Ukrainian Catholic Eparchy of Parma, uh, Father Volodymyr uh, Ritsuk. Father, welcome again to The Rock. You've been here before. It's good to have you with us. Thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, also across the table is uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Taras Malay, and he is a, a physician and a member of St. Vladimir's Ukrainian Orthodox Cathedral in Parma, also on State Road. Dr. Malay, welcome to The Rock. It's good to have you with us. Thank you, and we need all the prayer we can get, and this is a very important topic. Thanks. And also with us today is Nazar Klim. And Nazar is a native of Ukraine, and he is with Mission Church. It's in Garfield Heights. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And uh, we welcome you to The Rock and to this program. Thank you for having us. Right. So, Father, let's start with you. I, I want to give a few details of this prayer service that uh, it's going to happen at St. John Cathedral, the Roman Catholic Cathedral in downtown Cleveland, Saturday evening, 6 p.m., the 24th of, of February. And it's open to everyone. You can fit more than 1,000 people in there. And this is, a, this is a community effort. So we have men here from three different churches and also the Roman Catholic bishop, Bishop Molesic. That's right. He's working with your bishop, uh, right. Bishop Danilo, to, to bring everyone together. Uh, Father, just generally, why is it important for us to all gather together, people from different, we'll say, denominations and uh, communities to pray? Uh, well, when the war began two years ago, um, our community right away stressed the importance of prayer. Um, our Ukrainian people need all God's help that they can get. And uh, we believe in, uh, in the power of prayer for, for uh, um, our people. And we believe that through prayer, uh, we can uh, make aware all people of goodwill here in the United States too so that they pray together with us and uh, um, in solidarity help us to keep our Ukraine free. It, most of the Christian churches were entering into the time of Lent. That's the East right. is called yeah. the Great Fast. Uh, the Orthodox are a little bit, uh, the calendar is a little, a little uh, different this year. But these, this, these are good times, Father, then, I think, in a time of, of repentance and concentrating on, as we look forward, we look at the suffering of Jesus, to look at the suffering of the people in Ukraine. We're two years in now, uh, Father uh, Volodymyr, and tens of thousands of people have been killed and maimed and injured children, old people, civilians, like indiscriminate. How does one thinking of this continue to, to lift up prayer and not be discouraged? 
Well, it's really difficult, especially for people who who have uh, uh, family members or uh, friends in Ukraine still, um, who have uh, family members uh, that were drafted to the war. And for families, we have families whose uh, husbands um, or dads are now in Ukrainian army. Um, and we have families that lost their loved ones. And this is especially a difficult topic for them. And uh, it makes no sense to have a war. War is always senseless. We, we would like just um, to make any effort, any effort to stop the senseless war that is happening in Ukraine and to uh, help Ukrainian people. And prayer is, is one way, and this is what we're talking about when we're discussing the, the big uh, Greater Cleveland Community prayer service happening on the 24th of February. And uh, you can find more information at the uh, various websites. You can go on uh, uh, the Diocese of Cleveland to learn more. You can go on the Eparchial, Eparchy of St. Josephat and Parma website and various churches and so on. Uh, Dr. Malay, uh, You've been a physician locally for many years, and uh, am I right that near the outset of the war, you took a pause or retirement from, from your uh, career as a physician to specifically help the people of, of Ukraine? Well, I've been helping Ukraine in different yeah. medical facets um, since it's been independent, mm -hmm. so for 30 years on and off, exchange programs, and I've been working with the Cleveland Maidan Association since 14, 2014, uh, basically helping with uh, medical supplies, but when the war started, it was a full-fledged effort to help. So I was trying to do both, which was uh, getting to be impossible, so of uh, January 1st of 2023, I am 24-7 working to help sending medical supplies to Ukraine. And I've been, and I think without prayer, uh, we, we meet, our organization meets once a week. We start with prayer because if, I don't, th I'm not sure how we would get through meeting every week, discussing the requests, uh, hearing about uh, uh, my colleagues being bombed, uh, other family members of our group uh, who are either on the front, losing them. Uh, without prayer, we would not be able to meet every week like this and be so strong. We're probably doing more now than we were on the onset of the war. We're talking with uh, some uh, members of Ukrainian uh, churches in the greater Cleveland area about the prayer service coming up that uh, you are all invited to and uh, would be wonderful if you're able to attend. Uh, Nazar Klim is with the Mission Church, and uh, you were born in Ukraine, came to Cleveland area about nine years old, and then went back for theological studies, came back. So you're, you're moving in between, you know, two different worlds. Tell us about your experience of uh, how the people both in Ukraine and here in greater Cleveland are approaching uh, how they raise their voice to God when, when, they're, when, when, when we're talking about this war. I mean, we understand that the power of prayer has a lot that we don't even can comprehend with our minds. It's a spiritual realm, and it doesn't matter what religion you belong to, prayer brings us together. And we know that war is a, um, a product of evil. And when we look at this 
time that we live in, I was in Ukraine in 2005, if I'm not mistaken, Orange Revolution, something very special happened. You could tell that people came out to Maidan to protest the wrong mafia people pr propaganda, and something spiritual was there. You were not allowed to come there drunk. You were not allowed to come there. People would kick you out. And at this time right now, when we see people losing their lives and children are left as orphans, wives are left as widows, and we cry with those people. And the only thing we could do right now is pray. And I like what you mentioned in the beginning, and I actually want to read the, the Bible verse. It says, uh, it's 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14. You just kind of repeat it in other words, but I, if you don't mind, I want to read it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. And I love this last part. And I will hear, heal their land. And I understand when people will pray. We even know in the beginning, the first days when Russia invaded Ukraine, they said, what, 72 hours and Kyiv will be overtaken. But something special happened. And I believe that was an interference of God in a holy way, protecting the soldiers, giving wisdom to the commanders. And this was the, the result of a prayer. Because at that moment, there was even a testimonies in Kharkiv. A family was kneeling down and praying because they healed these rockets helicopters coming over their head and a, not far away a bomb fell in their uh, yard the windows were knocked out if they were standing they would lose their lives but they were kneeling down and praying the windows just flew on top of them there was such a great testimony that one of the uh, uh, bishops uh, shared from Kharkiv and I want to say that the power of prayer brings us a lot of result if we come together as one family before God and humble ourselves like I said ask for forgiveness of our sins, and even for Ukraine, because we know there's a lot of things that have been committed, God will hear our prayer. He already did. And we're asking God, can you please stop this war, stop this bloodshed that is bringing so much pain, so much tears to the families. And we are standing together as a great community. And I want to thank the great people of Cleveland, of America, standing together with us, hand in hand, and understanding where is good and evil. Because going back to World War II, we see m much more torture. We see much more evil that we would never believe that our children will watch this on the news and hear about it in our days. We thought this will never happen and come again. But the evil became so much more powerful and want to get, uh, hit the world so much back. And we feel sorry this is happening in a stage of Ukraine. Yeah. And Father, that, uh, Father uh, Volodymyr Hrychuk, uh, it's exactly the point I was, I was going to make with you. This is not new for Ukraine. Ukraine has been a suffering nation for centuries, and there is a great history and legacy of faith in Ukraine, even though, as Mr. Klim said, that the suffering has been there over and over again. Somehow, the resiliency of the people of Ukraine, together with God's help, make it. And we need this again, Father. Tell us a little about, I know you were born in, in Ukraine when it was Soviet Union and came here and so on. Uh, this is this is like not new, but you, you have to keep praying, right? That's right. Um, the territory of Ukraine in Eastern Europe, um, many empires and, and, and many countries wanted to have it. And it was always to grab by someone. You know, someone always wanted to have Ukraine for one reason or another. And uh, uh, people 
had to suffer through different powers going through back and forth, be it in the 20th century, the First and uh, Second World War, or even before, many, many centuries before, always. And people, their last resort was always prayer, faith, and church. And so that's why in Ukraine, people pray so much. And uh, that's why we see people kneeling uh, and praying and people going to the churches and people believing in God's help. Yes, and, and anyone who has watched uh, news clips, old film, shows what the communists did, uh, destroying the churches. We've all seen those black and white uh, movies of the, the churches being knocked over and the bells and, and the clergy being executed. So this kind of suffering, Father, it's sometimes it, it's hard for the person here in the West in, in uh, the United States and much of the Western world to comprehend this, that such evil happens and here the people are, are suffering again. So how do we not lose heart? People in Ukraine, Ukrainians here, and even non-Ukrainians who are listening to us, how do you not lose heart? Among all of the things that happen now and among all of the politics that goes on, I think that we need to, to, to stick to our Christian identity. And our Christian identity means that we have to respect God's creation. We have to respect uh, human beings. We have to respect personhood. We have to respect the free choice of a person. God made us free. He created us to be free, not to be enslaved. And, and uh, we have to stick to this identity. We have to be uh, against war. And uh, for people's choice to be free and to believe in God and to live in their own country, in their own land, and to be able to choose for themselves. Because kind of now, uh, among this fog of war that we have, uh, many people look for justifications. They justify the war because it's someone's territory. Yes, as I mentioned, Ukraine was many, many countries' territory in, in its history, but we don't have to forget the people of Ukraine that are living there. Yeah. Dr. Malay, we, you know, we've talked about the tremendous response from people in the greater Cleveland area. Uh, Cleveland is home to many people from Eastern Europe, thousands, tens of thousands from Ukraine, uh, going back now probably a little over 100 years, but many more recently. They've contributed money. They have uh, prayed. They have done many things. I know they have also responded in practical ways that, and I would like you to talk about, you know, you said you've been back and forth with medical supplies and advice and training and so on. What have you experienced in how the people are suffering and how we can continue to be of real assistance here for the people who are listening? Well, first of all, I probably want to thank this community uh, Northeast Ohio has been just wonderful. When the war started, I think all the churches were full with donations, and we just were just shipping them out in trucks to get it to Ukraine. And we need to continue to do that. Uh, we've been focusing on um, medical supplies and getting that to the eastern Ukraine, southern Ukraine. I think on the news, a lot of times we see, and they talk about the military part, they mention the other parts, but I really want to mention the other things that are really happening there. The civilians are getting devastated. 
yes, they're hitting the infrastructure. That's on the news. But they're hitting hospitals, schools, daycare centers. Another thing I think they also are focusing on are churches. I think they're also concerned that Ukraine, I think even the Russian Orthodox Church is concerned because Ukraine was a very religious country. And they're, they're concerned the power of, of God in these people is going to help Ukraine defeat this evil. Uh, so they're attacking, attacking churches. They are prosecu- uh, persecuting a lot of Christians. When I was in the different hospitals uh, in Ukraine visiting, checking on our supplies, it was a different atmosphere in that those hospitals. Uh, practicing here at uh, university hospitals, you know, you walk in the hospital, you have a lot of old chronic patients. When I was walking through those halls, it was very difficult because it was all young people without limbs, open wounds. It was, it was surreal, just surreal. How can Americans help? Well, I think hopefully the Senate and the Congress will help us and help ship military and humanitarian aid to Ukraine, support us, and for the greater Cleveland community to, f- to further help us both with different donations and support us with, as like my focus is on medical supplies, to help these suffering Christians trying to get through. So, you know, we're talking about what to pray for, how to pray, and from what Dr. Malay just mentioned to us, if you can picture that, young people uh, suffering in a, in a Ukrainian hospital because of the Russian invasion, that would be something very much that one could pray for. Uh, Nazar Klim, we know that to many of the churches and refugees have been coming. What's your experience at, at your church with people who have been coming from Ukraine, seeking peace, seeking respite from, from the war, probably not wanting to leave their home country, but having no other choice? What have you experienced? On top of my head, as I shared before, we have one family from Erpin, uh, which evacuated the first attacks, and then later they found out a rocket hit direct on their home, and their home was destroyed in a couple of minutes. Everything they built up all their life, their savings and everything. And when people come here, they're not only broken inside and that peace is lost, and whenever we come for our services together, they pray, and you see these tears running down their eyes. You see these children young as six years old, as five, four, and they're praying for their motherland, and they say, God, please give us peace, give peace, protect the people. And they escaped because of a special program, you for you and come in here and have to start all over. You can just imagine the hardships that they go through, physical, spiritual, emotional. And that's why I'm so glad that the Ukrainian churches of our northeast of Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, open up their doors for our brothers and sisters, for our people. And it doesn't matter, young or old, but we see mainly young families. And when they come here, we have to also help them to get up on their feet and pray with them, counsel them, uh, mentor them, and to that moment show them support that we're there for them. And when they look at back what's going on up in Ukraine, they're coming hand in hand together with us to pray for their motherland, to pray for their relatives or people that are on our front lines. And whenever we hear the devastating news of someone's son, someone's husband, 
lost their life fighting for the freedom of Ukraine, it just brings us more down to prayer, more down to seeking hope because their prayer gives us strength to overcome. It starts from the inside in a spiritual realm and it comes on the outside. And every day we wake up in the morning, his mercy renews upon our life and we see a reason to live, but we understand the war is still going on in Ukraine. Yeah. And what I really want people to know, we, we cannot get used to the news that there's still war in Ukraine and we forget about it. We have to understand that this war needs to stop and it will stop. And we need to put our hope in God through prayer because prayer is a dialogue, it's not a monologue. And we need to hear God speak to us through his word, through church services, through everything, and do not lose our hope that is in God. Yeah, I, I want people to know who are listening to this program, the basis of it is the prayer service that will be happening on the 24th of February in downtown Cleveland, uh, the second anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Here at The Rock, we have Ukrainian uh, churches represented, evangelicals, Orthodox, Ukrainian Catholic, and uh, Father Hrytsuk, the Roman Catholic bishop, Bishop Edward Molesik, is working with uh, the Ukrainian bishop, Bogdan Danilo. So this, this is a real manifestation of Christian unity. It, too bad that it has to take a war and such terrible suffering to bring it together, but th this shows that, that believers in Christ can, can come together and, and pray as one. What kind of prayers Will, will be said at this service? How can one uh, prepare themselves uh, for what they're going to listen and participate in? Well, it's a, it's a typical Byzantine way of praying because uh, Orthodox and, and, uh, and Catholics, uh, Ukrainian Catholics, they, they are Byzantine, right? Mm -hmm. But of course, uh, part of it will be our brothers and sisters from the Protestant Church will participate in that too. It's like a liturgy of the word, where you read the gospel, where you say your petitions and prayers. Make petitions, make petitions to God. That's very make important in, in the Ukrainian right. churches. Yes. Right. And we're asking for God's mercy. Ask him for his mercy. we acknowledging that whatever we have may done in our life, but we're always in need of mercy. Especially for the people in Ukraine, like what Dr. Maglea said, if you, 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 you think about this, what, what you have seen and all the things that you have experienced, Father, I'll let you have a few seconds and then the other gentleman to say, but for those of us who sit there and look at it, and, and as Nazar said, you can't let the war go out of your mind because there's so much suffering, even though other things are in the news. How do we, for the people who say, well, where is God? We're praying and we're praying and praying and praying. Come on, God, where, where are you? How, what, what do you say to people? And I know there are many in your church that come from Ukraine, the refugees, and they say, where is God? I had to run. Some relative was killed or injured. This, this is very important to people, Father. Well, I think that God is with us. That's what I think. God did not come to this world just to be triumphantly entering into the world. He suffered on the cross and he suffered with us, and he suffered through the whole history of Ukraine with Ukrainian people. Because of the amount of, of uh, evil will in the world, and God is with us, and we, we believe in that strongly. Yeah, and, and you also have uh, people who have come to, to your church, uh, and, and throughout right. the various churches of the Ukrainian eparchy. Right. And they're telling you pretty much the same stories of, of suffering and not, not wanting to leave. People lost everything what they built for themselves in Ukraine. 
It's not like they waited to come to United States. They had to go. They lost their houses and their work and their family members, and they just have nowhere to go. And they are afraid for the life of their kids. And that's why so many refugees are outside of Ukraine, in Europe and in all other countries, but also inside of Ukraine. There are millions of people who who had to move from the uh, war area into the Western Ukraine and welcomed by the churches and by the simple people uh, in West Ukraine because there is no front line. Of course, there are bombings and there are rocket attacks, but at least they can find refuge there. So there is, I, I believe since uh, Second World War, that's the biggest war that happened in Europe. Yeah, it the is. biggest war. Dr. Taras Malay, we have a few minutes left. And so the, the pictures that you've painted for us about the, the suffering of the people and what you've observed, uh, give us some hope. We, we ask always that our prayers be effective. Have you seen some encouraging things that it can at least give people a, a picture that says, if I pray, the prayers will be answered in some way that we can see? Well, the first months of the war, when I'd be calling up my colleagues throughout Ukraine, they were kind of in disarray. This was, well, I don't want to say unexpected, but unexpected because nobody thought that there would be a full-scale war. Sure, and the war creates chaos. And, it, and they were just overwhelmed. But when I've been there to visit the hospitals, very difficult to walk through the halls, as I mentioned before. But when I sat down with the physicians and the administrators, I definitely saw optimism. They felt in control of the situation, lack of supplies, but in control and organized, very organized. They would work during the day, their normal hours, and then they would volunteer after hours. So everybody uh, was positive. I also believe that Russia cannot win this war. There's no way they're gonna win the war. The question is, is how long do the people of Ukraine have to suffer? And so, uh, Nazar Klim, that means that our prayers must be without ceasing. They, they must not stop. Correct. Because if they stop, there's a saying, more prayer, more power. Less prayer, less power. As we go back and we see the testimonies and videos, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen, even of the soldiers, of even special groups of people, uh, a man was reading a prayer and something came and said, we have to move. They moved two kilometers down and five minutes that place was bombed. It was destroyed. Who did it? God did it. There was a prayer of parents, of ch- churches, of the Ukrainian nation, of the whole world. And the world is watching and they see the good and evil. And we have to just pray that God will conquer at the end. He will give victory to Ukraine because good always overcomes evil. Even when the devil uh, tempted Christ, And Christ said, it is written in the Word of God. And I believe by reading the Word of God, that what gives me faith. Even Elijah, he prayed, there was no rain for three and a half years. And he prayed again in the power of prayer, and there was rain. So I believe even through this situation, and I feel I agree with with that saying, that why does it take war to unite us? God is love. Love unites us, all human beings. Life is so precious that we cannot buy it. And that's why we have to pray that, 
Ukraine is a breadbasket of Europe. And like he said, everybody's trying to grab this country because it's special in God's eyes. So many missionaries, so many good priests, so many good churches, good people came from America. I mean, when we do our research, even the founders of Google, even these big companies, they are Ukrainian people. And I am very proud to be born as a Ukrainian, even though I'm an American citizen. But I'm so glad that the United States understands this. The people of America, they understand this, and they stand together with us in prayer as we stood together through 9-11 and through other moments, through the moments. And this grief that brings us together to our knees to pray and put our faith in God and God alone. Because there's a, there's a verse in the Bible, if God is for us, who can be against us? Father, we have just a minute or so left, and I'm going to ask you to close this with a very short prayer after I remind people about why we're here today talking. Uh, it's because of the community-wide prayer service on the second anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Pray for peace in Ukraine. Pray for the suffering people. Pray for an end to the war. Uh, this is going to be on Saturday evening, 24th of February at 6 p.m. at the Cathedral of St. John downtown. It's on 9th and Superior. Lots of parking will be available there. Uh, they can put more than 1,000 people. And so if you're listening, please come, bring your family, and uh, pray. Pray for peace in Ukraine with the entire community, many churches, many uh, nationalities will be represented. It will be uh, worthwhile. The, the Cleveland uh, Roman Catholic Bishop Edward Molesic will be there uh, jointly with the uh, Ukrainian Bishop Bogdan Danilo. Both of them have been guests here on our radio station many times. So, uh, Father Hritsuk, just for a few seconds, close us with a prayer, and then we'll expect to see everyone who's listening on the 24th at 6 p.m. Uh, at the Cathedral downtown. Very well. In the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Christ our Lord, look at the suffering of the Ukrainian people and give us peace. Have mercy on all of us. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a special program from AM 1260, The Rock, Cleveland Catholic Radio. I want to thank once again our guests, Reverend Father Volodymyr Hritsuk of the St. Joseph at Ukrainian Catholic Cathedral, Dr. Taras Malay of uh, St. Vladimir's Orthodox uh, Cathedral in uh, uh, Parma, and also Nazar Klim of Mission Church in Garfield Heights. They serve the, the wider, uh, greater Cleveland community. Our producer, Dan Dealey, I'm Dick Russ. Thanks very much to you for listening to some Wisdom for the Rock. And don't forget, pray, pray for peace in Ukraine.